Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode number 71. And today we are joined by Miss Psyche Southwell, who is the creator and editor of Economy of Style. Hello, welcome. Hey, Joanne. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and to finally talk with you after meeting after a year. I know. I'm just excited. We had a very nice talk even before we got online. Yes. So it's been a nice chat. And uh, yes, thank you so much for joining us today. And Psyche is originally from St. Kitts and Nevis, and she's currently based in St. Louis. As um, Remember the, the um, Sex in the City? Um, yeah. When, when what's her name was? She used to say, you're not from St. Louis, you're from St. Louis. St. Louis, correct. Yeah. I love to play on that. Jennifer Hudson's character, right? Jennifer Hudson. Okay, and she's a creator and editor of Economy of Style, and um, she produces narratives and visual content on fashion and style on a budget. She has appeared in several publications, including Red Book, Cosmopolitan, and Refinery29. She has also appeared as a media personality in TV segments on NBC and CBS. She has been named the best budget blogger in St. Louis, a top five black budget fashion blogger in the U.S., and the winner of Redbook's Real Women Style Awards. So thank you so much and welcome. Thank you. I feel really honored to have you on board because you're one of those um, influencers that are really out there doing amazing things and reaping all of the awards and getting featured in all these amazing publications. So I see this as a really good opportunity to learn a lot today. <laughs> oh, I, am, I am more excited to talk about this stuff. So thank you again for the invitation. Okay, so today we're going to talk about the topic of building your brand, your personal brand that is, in mm -hmm. a digital world. So before we jump into that, um, that space, can you tell us a little bit more about you where you're from, well, we know you're from St. Kitts, but how you got to where you are now. Absolutely. So I like to tell people I'm currently in St. Louis, but via St. Kitts, right? So went yes. from one saint to the other. Yes. So um, in 2007, I noticed that there was something missing in fashion coverage online, mm -hmm. namely just a real practical conversation about budgets because real women have budgets, right? We can't all blow all of our money on, you know, some high expensive thing that we see in Vogue magazine. Well, so I launched, can. well, yes, yeah, some of us can. <laughs> some of us can. Right. Let me not yet. Thank you for that correction. <laughs> so I launched a blog, economyofstyle.net, to demonstrate to and also help women achieve their wardrobe goals, but within their means. And to also prove that net worth has absolutely nothing to do with your net style. You can look well on any budget. And like, you know, fast forward to 2018, that blog, which started as a hobby, has since, like you mentioned, landed me on the cover of a magazine, inside a number of magazines, and more importantly, has kind of gotten me major business deals with brands that I've loved and used for many years. Mm. So that's like a little bit about my blog and blogging experience and how that started. And to be honest, the vehicle that allowed me to jump from hobby to actually business was very much kind of like fueled by branding and making sure that my brand, my brand was properly um, formulated very early on, even though I didn't anticipate it becoming a business later on. Right, right. Okay, and so you're originally from St. Kitts. Everyone knows that. You yes. moved to the U.S. Um, you did your degrees in the U.S. You started this blog because, like you said, you love fashion. You're yeah. very passionate about fashion. Fashion is your thing. Yes. Um, you've got great style. We all know that. I love Thank that. Thank you. Feed. I'm always looking at your feed. And... Um, 
So here you are now, yes. major influencer. I mean, come on, you know, you're, you're talking Red Book and Refinery29 and these are, these are major publications, Cosmopolitan in, in the U.S. and so on. How do you go from, where, from, from just starting out to where you are now? Is it just consistency? It's, it's consistency. It's like having passion aligned with your purpose and then doing the work to, um, you know, build the brand. Um, I didn't start out there. So even a quick story about uh, what landed me on the cover of Red Book, they put out a call for women with style. They just wanted real women that had style. And I thought, mm, man, that's kind of a long shot, right? Because there were like over 50,000 entries. Like what are the odds that I would get chosen? But that very year that I applied, I took a look at my business and my blog and I thought, hmm, I really want to make some leaps and bounds in terms of the quality that I'm producing. So I decided to focus on photography and really like immerse myself into photography. I take all of the photographs from my blog, blog which wow. is something that usually fascinates people. Mm. So when Redbook says, hey, we want to see seven images that represent your style, I was ready because I had been working on my images that year. So I was able to, you know, submit images that captured my style. And in some ways, there was a little bit of luck at play there because I just happened to be what they were looking for at that time. But if I didn't have the right kind of quality images to capture and represent my style, I wouldn't have been chosen. So if there's something I did there, it's that. But I think it's important, um, no matter what area you're in, fashion blogging, some other aspect of influencer marketing, to really kind of set goals for yourself, go after those goals, master those goals, and then revisit goals and set new ones. You know what I'm saying? So it's always about kind of increasing your quality of the product that you you put out. Right. And we had a very interesting conversation before we got on live about personal yeah. branding. And for those of you who have not, I, I encourage all of you, um, when you listen to this podcast and then go back and listen to podcast number, I think it's 66 or 67, where I had Cassia on and Cassia is from Trinidad and Cassia talked about branding as well, but she talked about strategy to presence. And there's a lot of things we talked about in there that we may touch upon today, but from a very different perspective, yeah. so I would suggest you listen to that as well, because it's different perspectives to suit different people. I mean, for example, yeah you're building a personal brand. So you're building a business around you. And mm -hmm. like you said, when Cassie and I spoke, we, we, we kind of differentiated between, okay, is an influencer, an entrepreneur, is, is that building a personal yeah. brand? Is that the same as building a business? And everyone's yeah. going to have different opinions on that. So how important is it to have a personal brand, whether you are the entrepreneur building a business from the ground up, or whether you are someone who's building a business just around yourself? Because this is the same question I asked Cassia as yes. well. Yes. Yes. I would say they are equally important. Mm -hmm. I am the face of my brand. And you might not be necessarily be the face of your brand, but your personal brand should always be aligned and in alignment with your actual um, business brand as well, too. And I'll tell you why. Okay. So, like, I'll, I won't have you out your age, but I'm turning 40 later this year, right? So when I was initially making moves or major moves in my career, all of my mentors and, and um, advisors and stuff, we spent a lot of time like fine tuning what we call like the elevator pitch and your elevator speech. How is it that you make a splashing first impression in 20 to 30 seconds of meeting somebody who is a potential employer, a potential business collaborator? Mm -hmm. The reason why branding is so much more important today living in a digital world is studies just found that 90% of first impressions happen online. Yeah, absolutely. And I turned 40 in nine days, by the way. Nine okay, days. girl, we, we are all the same age. 
same age, same age. Yeah. So yeah. you think you think it's it's very important to have everyone should have a personal brand. Everyone. Absolutely. And that personal brand, it should be intentional. You need to be aware of how you're being represented online and that's via your own posts and even the posts of others because your digital presence says something about what you value in the world. So you don't want your, your personal brand and your personal presence to actually be in conflict with your brand because you potentially would lose trust oh, yeah. in that field very quickly. So it's important that you have like a, you're very clear about your personal brand, especially in a digital world. I've served on search committees and before a person could even get an interview, one of the things we always do is we go and look at their Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Or they're yeah. Not yeah. <laughs> and we're making judgments about that person based on what we see there. So we've got to be careful. That, but is that, but there's, I don't know. I feel like there's a level of, okay, yes, we know people go onto social media and they look at what you're doing and so on. But is that it? Does it just end there? Okay, we saw what this person put on social media and now we're going to drop them. Um, or, when, or now we're not even going to um, give them a, an opportunity to have an interview. Because I remember in the UK, there was, a, there was an issue with, with someone named Amena. Amena, she's an influencer. And mm-hmm. she was, I can't remember the brand, which brand it was. It was like some massive brand, L'Oreal. And they dropped her apparently or something happened after someone who decided they didn't like her found a tweet that she tweeted about five, mm-hmm. six years ago about mm-hmm. Israel. And as you know, L'Oreal is a, very, is a pro, is a, is a Jewish, very pro-Israel um, company. And I think her tweet was about something about Israel that, you know, it, wasn't, it was very political. It was a political yes. tweet. Yes. That, that came out and they dropped her. And it makes you wonder though, is that the kind of brand that, I, that you should associate with? I mean, you love me until you find out something about me. But the thing is, five years ago, I was a different person. Maybe I've yeah. grown in five years. I feel like that's not genuine. That's not genuine. I feel like they were never really, like a lot of these brands aren't really serious about working with some people. I feel like it's just, as we call them, bad wagonists. They just want to jump <laughs> on. It's cool because Amena is a, hij- is a hijabi and hijabis right. are are, are cool now you know it's cool to be hijabi yeah. everybody wants the hijabi or the brown girl or the black yeah. girl on their cover because we're quote-unquote in but yeah. as soon as we don't fit a certain profile or whatever then we're dropped so there for me there's an issue of authenticity i mean can i can i run a business but still maintain who i am like do i have to always be associated with with my business is my business an extension of me yeah, in an ideal world, you would want alignment there. Mm-hmm. And of course, they, we could debate all you know, day long, all year long about whether or not some of these decisions are fair. But yeah. unfortunately, in the digital world we live in right now, that's just how things operate. For example, you mentioned that example. Just this week, there's a very popular interracial family blog. I won't necessarily name them, but they've come under great scrutiny because one of the members of that family posted very racially problematic statements on Twitter years ago. But when you're promoting a certain kind of interracial unity, you can see how those kinds of statements are in direct conflict with what your brand is trying to promote now. So then it makes people wonder, you brought up the word authenticity, which person are we actually getting? Is the brand you're showing now authentic? Or as what you said like a few years ago, what you really believe, because those two things can't exist. The same example, if you wanted to go and work for like Peter, but then you have pictures on your personal Facebook where you're out hunting animals. Like you can see how pizza might say, well, this won't actually gel. So you do want to have some kind of alignment 
when you're you know, having personal stuff with branding and business. And unfortunately, the reason why branding is so much more important today is because in a digital world, all of these things matter. It's almost impossible to hide. And then there are people like, you know, old school who refuse to be on digital media and social yeah, media. And Actually, your absence sometimes communicates something about you as well and could also lose you opportunities. I think, you know, I feel, I honestly, personally, I mean, I know this is your space and you're, yes. you're, you're, you know, you're the credibility, your credibility and you're the expert here. But I feel like it can go either way. I feel yes. like, you can be someone that's anonymous and just focus on building this business and no one really knows who you are and that it could be successful. Or you can be someone that really sits down and says, I want to align. I want to build a personal brand. I also want to yeah. build a business. Values have to be aligned, etc. Because I've seen it work both yeah. ways. But, you know, I was saying to someone recently, I'm glad I got into this now that I'm turning 40, where I have a stronger sense of who I am and my values versus in my 20s. If I was doing Fantastic. this in my 20s, I, I, I would have been a hot man. Oh, my gosh. If most of us could be judged by some of our thoughts and things that we did when we were younger, we would all have problems. So like the people, the generation growing up in this digital media world, I mean, ooh, they have a standard to uphold that we didn't necessarily, because I'm sure we've all done things, right? But luckily it existed before social media where we can be judged by it now, but you just have to be so much more mindful. This is a different world. When we go on social media now, we see some influencers who have up to a million followers yeah half a million followers and i we see them saying and doing things that i just you, you kind of think like hmm, okay but people love them and it's like oh and brands still work with them and brands still love them so yeah i feel like it can go either way but ultimately it boils down to who you are and your values and like you said your values have got to be aligned you know if you're if you're yeah. out there promoting a sustainable product and saying for example you're vegan and then on your personal page i see you eating a piece of steak yeah <laughs> or you know a sloppy joe yes well, what is this so I, I i definitely get that so personal branding is in your what you're saying is it's very important irrespective of whether you're the face of the brand right whether you're building it from the ground up or whatnot and now i want to talk about this whole idea of is an influencer, an entrepreneur, are you a solopreneur? Are you not really an entrepreneur? Like, let, yeah. let, let's get into that whole conversation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so funny. When it comes to branding, I sometimes ask, like, what's the most challenging thing? Or what's, like, the most problematic thing? And yeah. sometimes it is convincing people that what I do, even though I don't provide a tangible product, mm -hmm. is indeed something that's valuable, mm -hmm. it's thoughtful, it actually connects to the bottom line. Um, so that's probably one of the biggest things. And I have a friend who works in digital media and she's kind of like, you know, the hidden face behind some major brands, like running their social media accounts and so forth. So, but she does so many different things. I asked her, you know, what do you identify yourself as? Because sometimes when people ask me what it is that you do, I sometimes struggle with answering that question because yeah, exactly. I'm a writer, mm -hmm. I'm an editor, I'm a photographer, I'm a graphic designer. I'm an influencer. I'm also the face like behind my brand. So she came up with this really cool term, creative consultant. And I told her, I think I'm going to uh, steal that because it kind of communicates a different kind of seriousness. Yeah. And another challenge I've kind of faced has been kind of working in fashion, which sometimes people tend to trivialize style of course. and something that's been important or crucial or central to my overall brand was really making sure that people understood that fashion was indeed 
intelligent and intuitive. Of course, so. of course it is. And I, ch- I challenge that because if fashion is so frivolous, then why is it a billion plus okay. industry? Okay. Why, <laughs> yes. why is it that the fashion industry is globally is one of the top industries in the world? So right. if it's frivolous, then why, why is it worth so much? And why are so many people involved in it? I think there's a tendency to, to trivialize fashion. Like, well, oh, you know, it's just fun and it's flirty, which it is. But I think... A woman who's got a strong sense of style is is a powerful woman and an intelligent woman, and she absolutely, and she knows what she likes. And I don't know. I challenge that. I don't agree with that. Yes, I, me it's too. Kind of, it's this idea that if you're intelligent, that you can't you can't dress well, or if you're intelligent, you can't like wear high heel shoes or wear nice right. clothes, or I mean, whatever. You wear a pair of trainers. You wear uh, a pair of high <laughs> shoes. Would do whatever works. But I I personally don't agree with the trivializing of fashion because fashion is a powerhouse. Man, you're speaking my language right there. Like one of the things I like to also argue is that clothes in and of themselves are ideas. So how we put them together actually says something about how we think about the world. So I talk a lot about how our style says something about how, what we value, how we think about the world and so forth. So that's, we're definitely on the same page there for sure. I think style also serves as a really important connector, like among women, you know, Even sometimes simple as like you're walking in a room and someone notices your shoes and actually approaches you to talk about that. And that's, you know, sparks a conversation and so forth. So I had had one of my mentors tell me once that for men, it's, it's sports. Sports. (laughs) Women, it's, oh my God, I like your jewelry. Oh, wow. Where'd you get that lipstick from? Oh my God, look at your shoes. That's that's that connector with women and then hit it off. And then before you know it, they're like besties doing business together, you know? So yeah, Yeah. it's, it's definitely a, a conversation starter for women. But you know what? I feel like there are a lot of people who get very confused about um, influencers because all the things that you just said, Psyche, you're, mm-hmm. you're a businesswoman, okay? Fine. You are, you're running this, this platform. You're writing. You're, you're doing all these things. You're a consultant. But if I just look at your page, I wouldn't get that. You yeah. see what I mean? And I think a lot of influencers are perhaps like yourself. They're doing all of these amazing things and practically running a full-on business behind the scenes. But yeah. I think because we don't see that, there's a lot of mystique and a lot of like, well, what is an influencer? What do these people yeah. do? When I see influencers on Instagram, I see them traveling, lovely pictures, sun-kissed bodies, like beautiful. <laughs> but I never, I never really understand what they're doing. And I think the, and, and I would like to consider myself someone who's slightly in the know. But I feel like the average person looking at them is like, okay, so how do they get paid? Is it are brands paying them? What do they do? How do they make money? So yeah. I feel like a lot of influencers don't, they don't show the business. They don't show that they're building a business. So we never really know what an influencer is other than someone that has really nice photos and millions of followers. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah. So like, there, yeah, there are definitely a lot of misconceptions about what it means to be an influencer. And then, of course... There are very few barriers to entering the industry of influencer marketing. I think what separates influencer from influencer is quality, is expertise, is experience. So there are, first of all, different types of influencers. And sometimes we get, or we all get judged by maybe the worst of the bunch. But Pat, ironically, you mentioned sometimes the feeds and stuff make things just look so enjoyable and cheerful and colorful and worry-free and like not like work. And ironically, part of the job is making it look that way. But behind every beautiful travel blogger's picture-perfect, you know, post on their feed is somebody who may have woke up 
at 6 a.m. to capture that sunrise at the perfect hour and to get those beautiful pictures of the resort before it got flooded with people during the day. So they do spend a lot of time working. But part of the job is essentially um, making it not look like work. But in terms of uh, actually making money and making this a business, there are a number of um, sources of income for somebody working in influencer marketing. For me personally, the number one source of income is like direct partnerships with brand. And we call it influencer. You're called an influencer because ultimately you have the power to influence somebody to do something. Absolutely. I you might have you replace celebrities. You're celebrities, celebrities or commercials, yeah. prints in the magazine. And the yeah. thing is we're cheaper than having somebody spend a $50,000 ad campaign in like Vogue. And then the beauty of influencer marketing and working directly with an influencer is we can actually give you tangible results that measurable results in some way we can tell you exactly how many people we've reached through uh trackable links you can see exactly how many people purchased the pair of shoes you had me showcase on your behalf on my feed in a way that a ad in a print magazine you might have absolutely no idea whether or not that was effective you know what i mean yes yes so like it's actually it's about marketing it's just about marketing. Can you actually showcase something in a way that moves people to do something? Mm. And that's where it really becomes a powerful service because most people want to hear from and see a real woman showcase something. I love it when my readers, and they often make this comment like, oh my gosh, I would have never bought that dress if I didn't see it on you. I'm fairly petite, but you know, I don't have a flat stomach. I have hips. I have a little like, you know, back. They tend to use these pets. They used to tend to use like really thin stick models in their shoots. So when they see something on a real person, they can actually envision themselves getting that item to the point they go out and get it because they saw it on me. And that's like the power of influencer marketing. And that's why brands are realizing like, oh, this real woman stuff is important. And I also recognize my value of being a black woman in this space as well too. Yeah. That matters as well. Being able to see it on somebody that looks like me. And you're a black woman and you wear your hair natural and you've got it very ah. low, but like you don't fit like a, the, the, the typical profile of an influencer. Right, right. And I could have tried to fit in and do what I had always seen. But when I started, I wanted to be that different example. And in terms of branding, it's worked for me. It may have taken brands a few years to recognize that there's value there. But they recognize it now because I represent a real woman and a real population of women who value this particular look. And over the years, I've built a voice and a kind of trust. So when I showcase something, people believe that I truly like it because I do. I'm a lifestyle brand, so you won't ever see me featuring content that I'm going to bash and hate. I only showcase things that I actually love and think you would love as well, too. So that's where the authenticity and um, that kind of thing comes into play. Like you really have to be authentic and that's really at the root of what's going to get people to trust you. Definitely. And you've mentioned that word a few times. And again, building your brand in a digital world, would you say that one of the most important things is trust? Yes. Like for influencer marketing, you're not an influencer if people don't trust you. Mm. That is the secret ingredient. If they don't trust you, then you can't. I mean, you're not an influencer because you're not actually motivating people to do anything. And that's where you won't get paid because brands aren't going to trust that you can introduce. I won't trust you as an intermediary to introduce their product to a new audience. 
right. what brands are really doing is banking on the fact that you can reach a particular audience that they may not have had access to. Okay. So how do I build my brand in a digital world? If I'm, if I'm our audience are women who are early stage entrepreneurs, just starting off in business, what do they need to do? You've, you've talked a lot about trust. You've talked a lot about, okay, this is really a personal branding conversation. Um, so what do I need to do to, to start with? Well, one, just like we mentioned, recognize that first impressions happen online. So really take a good look at your online presence. Mm -hmm. Think of your social posts as permanent. People can delete things, but always be mindful and intentional about everything that you post online because it can be permanent and it could reflect positively or negatively on you as a personal brand. Also, I think it's important to know that your digital and personal presence communicates what you value in the world. So don't just post frivolously. Think about what it is that you're actually putting out there. You know what I mean? Like I'm vegan and, you know, over time, my personal things outside of fashion became more interesting to my audience. So, I, you know, from time to time, I'll share stuff like that. So you're not ever going to find me, you know, post a cheeseburger or a steak like on my feed because that would totally be outside of brand and cause people to question like, wait, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think standing out online recognizing that there is a kind of a wonderful opportunity but also a big challenge because there are millions of people online so getting heard is kind of a wonderful opportunity but you don't ever want to compromise your integrity to get attention online because that won't lead to long-term results so in terms of how do you go about creating your actual personal brand i think like the first question that you should always ask yourself is kind of what's your motivation or what's your why who am i and why am i doing this yep Exactly. So when I started Economy of Style, you know, it was a hobby, but I was very clear, like, yo, I think everybody, no matter what, you know, your budget or her budget is, can look amazing. And here's an example of how to do that. And that's still a core part of my brand. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, what role is it that you want to play? For me, I knew that I was a content creator. You, you wanted to make sure you were producing a platform to showcase these wonderful entrepreneurs across the world from the diaspora, right? Um, so you need to be clear about that. You know, are you going to work in sales? Like, what is the role that you want to play? And then you also, I think it's important to think about some attributes that will represent your brand, brand in general. So I, there's usually this big category of words that you could look at, you know, to think of, you know, describing your brand. So I think it's important to get like maybe three to four words that you think would describe your brand. I was working in fashion, but my brand is economy of style. So I wanted to come at it intelligently. I wanted my discussions about fashion to be intuitive. I wanted to seem credible. So those were like some key attributes that I thought about when starting the brand. And at the same time, I wanted to be cheerful. Like I love color. I'm island, you know, I love the like, idea of living colorfully. So I wanted to make it fun and somewhat palpable to a large audience, but also take a very serious approach to fashion and how I presented ideas around fashion. So I think every personal brand business needs to kind of identify some key attributes that would represent the brand. And that's a really important step um, as well too. Because then you'd make sure everything is in alignment with that. When you look at my feed, I hope that you see that it's colorful, it's cheerful, that fashion is fun, and I'm in actually enjoying what it is that I'm doing because that's core to my brand. You look at some other feeds, it's really like dark and moody, but that's their brand perspective. So I think every brand should be kind of clear about that because it's makes, it makes, ultimately makes activating your brand seamless, which is the next step, of course, activating your brand.
Okay, activating your brand. And what are some of the, um, the big mistakes that you see a lot of personal brands um, making? So it comes down to alignment. So when, you comes, when it comes to like activating your brand, you want to think about kind of like four big things. All of your communications, communications on the behalf of your brand, all of your marketing materials, your digital presence, and then some people won't like that, but your personal presence as well too. And what I tend to see sometimes when those four things aren't in alignment, your brand could actually be a little bit off. Mm. So wherever you are in the digital space, there needs to be alignment. There needs to be alignment. People need to, okay, so let's say you are in the business, your personal brand revolves around baking. You're a baker yes. and you want to showcase, you know, all, your thing is cupcakes, something Yes. Else. Yes. I, I constantly need, whenever, wherever I come to, whether it's your IG, your Facebook, your Twitter, I constantly need to see cupcakes. Absolutely. And, and different kinds of cupcakes. And Absolutely. Cupcakes and, and all the opportunities you can do to make cupcakes. And like you want, if you see somebody you, at a cupcake feed and you see them on vacation in the Maldives and they're like nothing to do with baking or cupcakes, that may give you pause and you might wonder, what, what is this about? Because you want people to come to you for a specific thing. Your brand is going to be more successful when you're known for something specific. Mm, okay. But what if I'm in the Maldives and I brought some cupcakes with me? Then that's okay, right? You might show how a beautiful cupcake or what the cupcakes are like or what cupcakes are in the Maldives. Maybe it looks different. Maybe they use a different kind of icing or something. You know, you never know. That's no, actually you, value. What you could do is link with, with bakers and, yeah. and, and whoever in the Maldives before you get there and say, hey, you know, this is me. I would love to come and learn about how you guys your cupcakes over here and, and make it interesting again and right. do cupcakes exactly and if i was if i were following you because i liked what you were doing about cupcakes that would absolutely be of value to me because i've never been to the maldives that would be building information giving me something valuable so absolutely so that's one of the big areas i see when things get out of alignment it causes a huge problem yeah and knowing your audience i guess is really important you're not yes. you're you're in, you should not be trying to please everyone and you should not be interested in trying to please everyone absolutely absolutely and you won't so as long as you kind of stay true to what your mission was ideally the people that you know believe and stand behind that mission will be the ones that are following you so you can't please everyone um another thing i see influencers in terms of missteps make is they will partner with brands that don't actually fit their personal brand identity. Mm. And sometimes that's where kind of distrust happens. Um, you know, I get offers for all kinds of collaborations and I'm an affordable style blogger. And there are some brands that I sometimes get asked about and get offers for that I constantly turn down because they don't fit my brand identity. And the minute I start putting stuff out that I actually don't stand behind, my audience is gonna see right through that and I'm gonna lose their trust. And there goes my value. Mm. Mm. What about things like opportunity? Do you feel like um, sometimes um, a lot of influencers, and I keep saying influencers because I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I align influencers with, with personal brand. Like that's, that's how I see them. I see an influencer as someone who's building a personal brand. So for the sake of this conversation, uh, I'm assuming that's how this, this conversation is, correct? Just to make sure mm -hmm. we're on the right page. That's a subset a subset in some ways. In some ways. Or let's, let's not even say that. If we had like a little diagram, mm -hmm. a portion of them would have personal brands, but not everybody that has a personal brand is an influencer. 
Got it. Got it. Okay, perfect. So now that we have got that clear, do you think that there's ever um, situations where you see, whether it's people, let's say people with personal brands who aren't necessarily influencers, who haven't maybe identified the right opportunity and they're kind of just like doing what everybody else is doing? Yes, all the time. There's a lot of discussion in social media, among bloggers and influencers and stuff about authenticity and, you know, not being real and just kind of going with the flow of things. I see that all the time. And yeah, it is an issue, but I think it's important to really just like stay true to you yourself, but you have to do that work in the beginning in terms of establishing your brand identity. Because when you don't know, then you might try everything like under the sun. And sometimes some people need to go through the motions to figure out, you know, who they are. Unfortunately, we're doing it in such a digital world that everybody gets to see everything and every misstep that you make. But um, yeah, it's important that you kind of stay true to yourself. So like I said, I get all kinds of brand collaborations and people don't get to see the ones that I turn down. I had someone ask me one time, like, why don't you ever say anything bad about brands? Well, I am a lifestyle brand, so I actually only talk about the things that I like. You're never going to see me bash a brand um, like publicly. I just will choose not to work with them. If yeah, something I, doesn't work, your product is actually not of a good quality, you won't see it on my blog. Yeah, but your, your approach is you're not in line with, with you. You have these discussions, you have your meetings, and you politely decline and you say, you know, thank yeah. you so much for the opportunity, but this yeah. is not something I'm interested in. But then you leave it there. You don't yeah. go online, you don't bash them, you don't talk about them. You I just, know. it's professional. Yeah. And I don't want to make it seem like that's even just such an easy thing to do because when people are throwing large sums of money at you, it can be tempting. So I could see sometimes why people might do something that's not necessarily in alignment with their personal brand because they need to make that money. You know what I mean? But for me, for the longevity of my brand, it's important that I stay true to what it stands for. And that's the key there, sustainability. Are you to sustain your brand for the life, for the long term, or are you just trying to you know, you want to have nice, pretty pictures and everything's going to be great, but in five years, you're not going to be around. Right, because no one trusts you. And it's funny in digital marketing um, as well, too, like for just anybody, you know, a personal brand, an influencer, or just somebody running a business, I think because the world changes, the digital world changes so quickly, it's important to kind of always be an early evaluator. Social media, digital tools, technology, just to kind of see what's going to support your business initiatives. You know what I mean? Um, Things are changing and the world is changing. When I started my blog, Twitter didn't exist. Instagram didn't exist. And Instagram right now is the number one source of new business for me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, I can imagine. So it was important that I got on there. You know what I mean? So I don't know the next thing is going to be coming out soon. So I just have to make sure I'm an early evaluator of it. And I think all businesses should do this too. Because even businesses back in the day were very slow to get on social media. But if you have a major business and you're not on Instagram, people are like, do you really exist? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd like to explore a bit more about you um, declining, turning down brand. What sure. is that like? And, and I think I, I'd like you to talk to this, talk about to this topic of, from a very sort of like advice perspective, because yeah. you've got people who are listening in and, they're starting out. And like you said, you're going to have a lot of people coming at you and throwing a lot of things at you. And you need to decide, like, like you said, on your values and what, what, what are your values? What are you about? Why are you doing this? And make sure it's aligned. And you go into these meetings and you're firm about who you are and what you're doing. So how do, how, 
how do you sort of conduct yourself in these meetings? What are you, what, what tips can you offer? What are you saying? What are you not saying? How do you evaluate? How do you decline? Like, and, and these yeah, questions, these are professional. Yeah. These are things yeah. you need to know when you're first starting yeah. out. No one tells you these things. You yeah. Know? You're so right. You're yeah. so right. Um, and there's a lot of discussion because, you know, I belong to a, quite a few networks of people who are doing the same thing as I do. So we talk back channel about the kind of negotiations we've had. We talk back channel about how we negotiate our fee and our rates. So I think it's important, one, to have a good network of support. You know what I'm saying? People who are doing the kind of thing that you're doing and you don't have to explain what it is you're doing, first of all. But I think it's important to always, of course, just like in any other business, any other professional setting, be polite and be professional and be courteous. I'm never going to disrespect a brand just because something doesn't fit with my particular look. I might say, you know, at this time, um, that particular campaign and those particular campaign goals don't align with what I'm doing, but I'll be open to revisit in the future should something change. I like to always leave the opportunity to collaborate in the future open. It's almost like not really turning somebody down, but turning them down right now. And I've actually had amazing relationships come out of brand partnerships that I've turned down initially that ended up being good partnerships for me and very fruitful partnerships for me later on. So being courteous, being polite, never bashing a brand like publicly has actually worked to my favor. In fact, there's never anything to gain because I see a lot of, you know, some of my blogger friends and they would go on like Twitter rants and so forth and um, bash brands that I found that that doesn't serve any purpose at all. Yeah. I think for some people, what it boils down to, because I've, I've seen this as well and I've thought about this as well. I mean, it's not my personal approach to bash a brand. I feel like the fact that a brand, I mean, not, I'm just saying like, if it were to happen, like if a brand or someone, in my case, it wouldn't be a brand, but it would be someone approaching me to, to collaborate on something. Yeah. I'm just flattered. Like, wow, you want to work with me? How is right. that? Okay. And I see that as, okay, it's, it's the beginning of a conversation. Now, maybe it may not go anywhere initially, or maybe right now our values aren't aligned, but as we all know, business change, business yes. change, people change, things evolve. And if you leave a sour taste, you know, that saying you get more with honey than in vinegar. Man, that, that person is never going to want or companies never going to want to work with you again yes. and also people talk people yes. talk yes and then in influencer marketing a lot of times the people that are representing brands work for PR firms that represent multiple brands so mm. you may have had a really bad exchange with this person but they actually represent the brand you want to work with mm. I've gotten amazing new business opportunities from having successful partnerships on one brand but then that PR person represents XYZ. Yeah. They actually brought that new brand to me as well, too. Yeah. So yeah, doing quality work, being courteous, being professional, like in any other area, um, you know, in any other area of business has been really crucial and has helped me a lot. And I guess in, in, life, in life generally, you know. You, yeah, yeah. You learn. It you learn so much better. You learn as you go along to just keep your mouth right. shut. <laughs> no it's true you learn to keep your mouth shut you you learn as you go you learn what to say what not to say how to speak to people you know things things like that and I think what's also important too is one of the things I I do is if I decline an invitation to work with someone I don't end it there I always say however I'm happy to introduce you to someone else who can have right, oh, right. I'm happy to recommend someone else. I've got loads. You know, I would say my biggest resource is that I, I, I happen to know quite a few women. Is there someone else that I can recommend? Because that says to me, not only has she declined, but look, she, she still wants me to, to do well. 
Absolutely. Right. And absolutely. And people remember that. More yeah, so. right. And you never know what future opportunity this particular person might have. And they'll remember how Joanne treated me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Very interesting. So yeah. these are things you have to consider when you're going into these into meetings with brands and how to turn them down in a nice way. Do, are there like courses for these kinds of things? I mean, I know you, you come from a business background and obviously yeah. you study you study this in university when you study business, but for people who don't come from a formalized business background or for people who don't come from a family of entrepreneurs where these things are just seen when you're growing up, how, how do they learn? Is it just yeah. get a mentor? How, how do they curate this, this? Yeah, they could definitely get a mentor, but actually um, teaching people how to maneuver and manage in this kind of world has become a big business for a lot of creatives. Mm -hmm. So there are all kinds of coaches out there. If you actually wanted to go the formal route and take a class, mm -hmm. there are tons of them available um, online. Really? Right now. Yeah. It's a huge business for people, for creatives who have wanted to go that route yeah. in terms of teaching. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge business. Okay. So where do you see all of this going? How, I mean, I know you've been doing it for a number of years now, but yeah. where, where do you see it going long term? So say five, 10 years from now, where, where, do you where would you position your, your business, your brand, everything? Well, that's a, that's a powerful question. Um, I do think, and a lot of people have been saying that blogs are dead and bloggers are going, and going out of stock or digital media is taking over. Um, I've cautioned people on saying that. And it could be. But the point is, like, I guess we don't really know what the next major platform or tool or technology is necessarily going to be. But I think digital marketing would actually gonna, is actually going to become more and more important mm. because that is just like the sphere that we all kind of exist in right now. And that's where influence like really lies. What that platform is going to look like, I may not know. A lot of people say video is kind of the more important thing these days than anything else. So maybe something going more that route as well too. But I think digital marketing is going to continue to be important. Mm. It's just so measurable. In fact, I was speaking with a business owner yesterday and she was mentioning this new tool called a bar. She has a brick and mortar store. And there's a bar, I think, by Google that exists in the store, like a physical bar that somehow reads data the way that an online website would gather cookies and get information about you and do that kind of targeted, targeted advertising. There's now something you can put physically in stores to get information like from your phone about who you are so that brick and mortar stores can now get that information. So I think the point though is that technology is so crucial. So mm -hmm. any business owner needs to continue to be just open and aware of what's happening out there in technology and use all the tools to their advantage. So you see your business going in, in that, in that direction. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so you, I think digital media, it's mm -hmm. benefited me in such a great way to always be an early evaluator of everything fresh that's coming out in terms of technology and digital tools. And you never, so you never see yourself leaving this, this industry, this market, this is it. You're in, you're in for, 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 for the long term. <sighs> Oh, the fortunate, the good thing about what I've done um, with my blog platform is it has opened up doors in more traditional platforms as well, too. Like I'm currently a contributor, a stylist and writer for two of the major magazines in St. Louis. I write for a major like online platform as well, too, outside of my brand. So I love that my blog business has actually opened up opportunities outside of that business. I've done collaborations with brands where they didn't even want me to post on my own feed. They just wanted me to create content featuring myself for them 
that has appeared in their ads in stores, their own email marketing tools and so forth. So I continue, I think I'll see that aspect of my business uh, flourish and grow as well too. Mm. I will do it for as long as I can do something that's of value to my readers. Yeah. When what I'm doing is no longer of value, then I'll have to bow out. Then you have to bow out. And how, how would you know? Because there's some people who keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going and maybe they're not, maybe they, they don't realize that it's time for a change or yeah. that they need to do something different or maybe they're not really connected to their, their audience or their market so they're not even sure what to change. Yeah. yeah. Well, for me, my business and the blog business has continued to grow. I can measure it in very tangible ways. I know that my page views are continuing to go up. I can assess my engagement. I can see that people subscribe to my, to get emails from every single one of my posts every day it grows. So once that continues to go on that kind of upward trajectory, I know that people are finding value here because they keep coming back. When those numbers start dwindling, then I'll have to rethink what I'm doing. Maybe refocus. Mm -hmm. Refocusing doesn't work. Then maybe it might be time to do something else. I think your audience really communicates to you whether or not you're doing something of value to them. Yeah, when they don't, because then they have a choice. That's the wonderful thing. There's so many things outline, I mean, outside there online right now. So that they continue to come by my platform tells me they're getting something of value. When they stop, that'll communicate something to me and suggest that I need to do something different. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So what, um, what about audits, auditing your online presence, which is something that I learned <laughs> about two years ago. I went to this event and it was all about marketing and branding. Yeah. And I remember being in the room and someone said, audit. And you know, I'm, I, I, I always say you have to audit your relationships, right? Yes. And, this said, and this person said, audit your online presence. I was like, yes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? And you know, I pulled out my pen and my book and I was like, right yes. Getting all excited and whatnot. And can you explain to us what does it mean to audit your online presence? Well, it's basically assessing everything that you have online mm -hmm. and making sure it's, again, in alignment with your actual brand. For example, and there are a number of tools and there are websites um, out there that allow you to do like, different types of audits. I did one one time where it's uh, this company. They literally video record one of their associates browsing your website, having never seen it, never known anything about your brand, and they review it right on the spot on video. And you get to hear what they think about your blog. And, you know, so they went by mine and they oh, it's very colorful, that's fun. And then they went to my bio and they were like, oh, this reads like real stuffy and stiff, but they had a very academic sounding bio up at the time. And they were like, she needs to change this. And they actually gave you like real feedback from a real person visiting your blog, having never seen it before. And that was actually very valuable to me. So I made some changes based on what that person said. Mm. But it's just kind of really going through your content, filtering it, and making sure that everything is in alignment with your brand. Like I mentioned that like vlog, popular vlog um, channel, family vlog channel that's come under great scrutiny just no, this week. Now, see, now I'm going to go Google that. To find <laughs> I'll tell you when we get off the podcast. <laughs> I, follow, I follow so many of these like yes. families. I bet. 
I do too. I watch vlogs for some reason and they're kind of enjoyable. <laughs> no, no, seriously, like on a Sunday, I literally yeah. stay at home and like I would be in my, my flat like for hours just watching YouTube and all these influencers and I, I that's like my indulgence. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I heard someone. And I'm like, I need to get a life. Why am I so interested in these persons, persons lives? But it's like completely replaced TV for me, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so easy to get on like YouTube and watch these channels. But it's just making sure things are in alignment. Like there's a popular, you know, one of those kind of ratchet reality television shows. I won't name them. But there's a, there's a woman on there and she has this woman empowerment brand. But she just got into a really brutal argument with a fellow woman and just said some, you know, very disparaging comments about this person being a woman. And people thought, wow, how is it that you can have a woman empowerment brand and then just so viciously tear down a fellow sister? You know what I mean? On television. So it's just like making sure things like that, even just audit your life, making sure that what you're doing is really just in alignment with your brand. Because yeah. people like, let me tell you, they make snap decisions based on what they see. And unfortunately, unfortunately, in some cases, a lot of that's happening online these days. Like you've even seen like those cases in the media recently, you know, with people calling the police on, uh, you know, black people all across the nation. And we saw how very quickly our digital researchers would go and find out who that personal person is and their business could end in a day because of some bad decisions they made publicly. You know what I mean? So it's just so important to just make sure, you know, that anything can be shared mm-hmm. these days. Well, I did a, a collaboration with um, um, a brand that, um, well, it's, it's, it's an actual business. Um, it's Women Empowered Global, um, and they're based out in Sri Lanka. And Fantastic. I did a heart talk with them. And one of the things I talked about was that it's, when you're building these platforms, especially if they're focused on women, it's very nice. You know, everybody's into women's empowerment. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great time to be a woman. It's a great time to just be feminine and be female. And it's just amazing. And everyone's jumping on and that's great. But I really believe that um, this whole empowerment space, it's not about going out there and trying to empower other people, but you really have to empower yourself yes. through your own empowerment. If you, if you can inspire someone else, then that's, then that's great, you know? But I feel like it's very easy to get into this space where, oh, you want to tell everyone how they should live or what they should be doing and empowerment means this, this, and that. But then it's like people look at your own life and they're like, well, but are you empowered? And do you represent empowerment? And I think, for me, I think different women represent different things. I mean, even, even on the Secret Birds platform, you know, you've got all kinds of different women. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when you, come, when you come to this platform, you should be able to see at least one person that you feel you can connect with. And if, that's, if that person empowers you in some way, then fine. But it's like you said, you know, that, that's values and, and alignment because you can't, you can't be building these platforms and these brands and not being serious about it because then right. you, you will be put under the microscope. And people, people right. like you said initially, there goes the trust and then it's all over. Exactly, exactly. And you kind of, you know, describe that important part of like influence and marketing itself. Like I work in fashion. Mm. I write about fashion. I talk about the importance of your style and what it communicates. When I step out my house, my personal presence will always reflect that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm actually living what I speak and living kind of what I preach and talk about. And I think that's what really happens with influencer marketing as well, too. We just, I provide an example because I never wanted to come across as peach, as preachy and as an expert, even though I have expertise. It's just like, here's a wonderful example. 
it gelled with women and they kept coming back. And then they actually bought the products that I usually share and so forth. And that's how my brand built, just by sharing an experience about it that people connected with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what um, words of advice would you like to leave us with to encourage us and um, keep us going along in the right direction? Yeah, I would say just, um, you know, make sure you are mindful and aware of how you are being represented online, no matter who you are. I think these, the kind of things that we talked about today around personal branding matter for all of us, everybody, no matter what you're doing, if you're doing your own business, if you're working for a business, you should be mindful about how you're represented online. Because ultimately, like what we put out there, even though we think we can delete it, we do need to treat it as permanent. So yeah. is this something I would see as representing who I am? If it's not, it shouldn't go online. Yeah. It shouldn't be out there in the digital world. And just make sure I think that your digital and your personal presence um, communicates the things that you truly value in the world. Mm. 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 And, um, you know, I, I, when I look online sometimes, I see, like, there's some, some influencers I've been following for, like, maybe five, five, ten years. Someone just beginning out in YouTube and then with the emergence of Instagram. And I see the changes in their lives and mm -hmm. reflected in the content that they produce. And sometimes I see people being very critical and I'm like, yeah, it goes back to, you have to give people room to grow. I mean, yes. someone starts out at the age of 18 and then mm -hmm. they grow and they develop and they're in business and then they get married and they have a child. You can't expect that person to be the same person when they're 30. Yeah, and, yeah. I think, and I think that's the same thing in business. That's the yes. parallel in business. I feel like yeah. when you start out year one, year two, year three, year four, year five, that's not probably that's probably not going to be the same kind of angle that you're going to take with your branding and your marketing in year ten or in year twelve if you're still around. And I yes. think you need to give yourself a break and just allow yourself to grow organically. I think that's really important. Yeah, even like embed the possibility of growth and evolution into your brand, even at the beginning. So I think when even identifying your brand, you should be forward thinking. Um, like I, for example, called my brand economy of style and it's a, it's an affordable style blog. When I started it, I was in grad school. I was broke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I didn't have a lot of like income left over to purchase things. So I would purchase things that were affordable that I could afford at that time. And so I was very mindful about adopting an economic definition of affordability, meaning it's something things I can afford something if I'm able and also willing to pay for it. So my audience in some ways has grown with me. So it's not uncommon for me to buy something more expensive. Now that won't throw people off because it's about affordability, right? Having an ability and a willingness to pay for something. And it's okay if you can justify particular purchases and it's okay to recognize that you're living within your budget and your means. My budget is bigger now. So my purchases are different now and my audience has grown with me and they have accepted that um, along the way. And that's, that's that's great. And I really yeah. like the advice that you gave. And, I, and I, I just wanted to add that because I think people can be very hard on themselves. Yes, I've seen it a lot. You have to give yourself a break, you know, yes. like, I mean, me personally, like turning 40, that's like a big deal for me. I'm sure it is for you. Oh, yeah. Like, I went on the other day on my Instagram, I was like, oh, my God, let's celebrate, you know, being perimenopausal and all these amazing things. Yeah. And, and my friend was like, oh, my God, why did you put that in Instagram? I was like, because it's <laughs> real like it know, is real 
I'm changing my body, yeah. my mindset, my attitude. Absolutely. Skin, physical yeah. things are changing. Everything. And as a woman, I want to celebrate that. It's not all about, you know, just having nice skin. It's also about celebrating the changes in your life and in your body. Yes. And all of these changes happening inside of me, I know are going to come out in my brand somehow. Absolutely. And, and I think we should allow that to happen. Yes. Like we have to be stuck in this in this, okay, well, this is who I am and this is the brand I've created and I can't change it. And I feel like right. if your audience are really into you, they're going to give you that space to change too. And they're Absolutely. Gonna, yeah. They're gonna like and you're doing, you know, you're being yourself and that's what they've, you know, grown fond of. So they're going to continue to like that. And then some people won't. It's okay to lose people like along the way as well too. You might go in different directions and that's perfectly fine. Yeah. You've mentioned that's kind of turning 40 this year was like a big thing for me too because I've, done a little bit of rebranding because I do want to you know appear a little bit more mature like there are even brands like I would have once final time you know thought of them as like brands for older people and then when you think like whoa their target audience is me <laughs> right it is my age group so I do work with a lot more brands like those as well too so right it's okay to change because you're a changing person we're growing we're evolving and I think that's the beauty of like branding and rebranding and just making sure you're kind of in tune with what it is that you stand for you know, my favorite um, um, brand, I guess, influencer, I don't know what you want to call her, is, you know, Iris Apfel? Yes, I love her. And oh, my god! It's all about reinventing yourself. And, right. And, you know, how old is she? What, 98 or something? Yes. Fabulous in her larger-than-life shape. I know, and the style and eccentric and just, even just reimagining what it means to dress as an older woman. Because we often think, like, oh, you get older, your style has to you know, become conservative and toned down and, you know, some, somebody's conservative perspective of what you should look like. And she yeah. said, no, that is not the case. No, and she doesn't care. And she's very like, you know, why would I want to look like anybody else? That's so boring. I just love her. Yeah, <laughs> just I love, love her. her too. I love her. And I love her style. Yes, yes. So think about reinvention as well. So good then. So tell us, where can we reach you? What is your, your, your website? Yeah. And if you offer sort of services to other people, how can they get in contact with you and your email address and all that good stuff? Absolutely. So you can find me online at economyofstyle.net. And I am at Economy of Style on every social media channel you can think of. Yeah. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, at Economy of Style is where you would find me. And yeah, if you're a brand and want to talk about you know, promoting your business, you can feel free to email me at economyofstyle at gmail.com. That information, of course, is on all of my social media channels as well as my website. If you're a fellow creative and want to connect, feel free to reach out as well too. I love connecting with fellow creatives. Perfect, perfect, good. And is there anything that you're looking for at the moment, anyone you want to partner with, collaborate with, or you're looking to, I don't know, you need someone on your team, you need an intern, anything at all that you'd like to put out there? You know, I am, it's funny you mentioned intern. I am kind of toying and exploring the idea of um, getting an intern. <laughs> yeah, if you are interested in doing that kind of thing and you want to learn more, get more experience uh, doing social media management, photography, yeah, reach out. Okay, great, fantastic, good, good, good. Okay, so that's it um lovely rare ones i hope you have learned a lot from psyche today because i most certainly have oh wonderful i really enjoyed this conversation and um thank you so much for giving me some of your time thank you so much for building the brand that you're building i love i love your brand i i check your instagram you're one of the instagram accounts i check every day 
Oh my gosh. Um, I always got to see what you're wearing and how you're <laughs> together and everything. And I like your posts with your mom. I think those are lovely. I, I'm, I, you know, I'm from St. Kitts, of course. I'm a yes. yes. There's no bias there at all. But, um, <laughs> I, I just thank you for all the work that you're doing and for just putting your, I think for just being, like you said, a woman of color, a black woman who doesn't fit a certain look, putting yourself out there and doing so incredibly well and working at such big brands and being so successful. Like you said, this is your full time, you know, job, which is, I think is a dream for most, for most influencers is such an achievement. So well done to you. And thank well, you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I really enjoyed talking with you today. Yes, yes, you are appreciated. So that's Likewise. it. And until next time, bye for now. Bye.